Greetings, boys and ghouls. It's Thursday, November 2nd, uh, two days after Halloween, but uh, it's it's still spooky for us because Felix and I are going to be taking a walk to the other side today. We're going to be discussing all things spooky with our good friend Jack Wagner, host of the Otherworld podcast. Welcome to the welcome back to the show, I should say, Jack. I know. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited, guys. It's been a wild year. <laughs> yeah. There's been, a, I mean, there's been a lot of spooky stuff. Uh, there's been too much uh, haunting things going on recently. But I guess, like, to, to introduce the conversation, I wanted to like describe to our listeners if they haven't heard uh, Otherworld, like, how would I, how would I describe the show in a way that would make sense to them? And like, the best way I can uh, uh, describe it is like, your show is like an audio. It's like it answers all of the questions that I have when I read Rod Dreher's mailbag. It's like an it's like an audio podcast version of the P. Like we're all the questions I have about the people who write into Rod about their wife's exorcism or the ghost that lives under their bed or, you know, have like the Satanists at their local elementary school. I just I want to know more about their lives and I want to know more about their stories. And like uh, you, you pick up where Rod leaves off. OK, that is I will take that, although I'd like to come to my own defense and say that I, I think the people who I interview are a little more credible than the ones that Rod is talking to based on what I've heard in your reading series before. But yeah, I mean, look, I hosted, yeah, but still before that I've been on Chapo before, like have a background in comedy mostly. And this sort of came about as a hobby that turned into a real thing where I, I started interviewing people who had experienced something they can't explain. And I was just very surprised at how many people were out there who had something like this. And in most cases, never talked to anybody about it. Not only that, like credible people. I, you know, like most people thought this was all half crazy individuals, you know, like delusional people that were kind of tricking themselves into thinking something happened. But as I started doing this, I realized like, oh, my God, like there's there's a lot of very credible people out there who had stories that are just truly unexplainable. Um, and that's sort of what I try to do. And it's mostly it's mostly a show about the individuals. It's less about the ghosts. But I just do my best to help these people tell their stories, essentially. Like, yeah, like, and, and it is like the interviewees, like the, the subjects who like in, who tell these stories are really the, the stars of the show. And like, obviously, everyone will have uh, bring a different lens through which to uh, appreciate or be skeptical of the paranormal or things that defy explanation. But at the end of the day, these are all really good stories. And many of them are actually quite terrifying. No, um, for sure. But before I want to get into I just want to know, like, like you said, this started out as a hobby. Like, before you started doing this show, did you have a like a, a a general attitude about the paranormal, or had you ever had an unexplainable experience or something that you felt sort of teetered on the edge of otherworldly? No, I mean, dude, I like I made a ghost documentary when I was like fifteen about a theater at my in my local town that was supposedly haunted, but. No, I, not really. Aside from like, I think everybody goes through a spooky phase, right? Where they they get scared. I've had f- moments, but I would never have made it onto my own show. But I think that's like what makes it interesting is that I, I didn't really have a background. And I'm still to this day, like, it's not part of my personality. You know, I'm definitely not like Zach Baggins or whatever, like <laughs> kitted out. I'm not like a type, type of guy that has like a Ouija board framed on their wall or whatever. You know, that's like, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a passion of mine. I'm interested in the stories or whatever, but you know, what are your stances? Well, Can I let me flip the script, well, like, Felix? I, I I was actually going to ask you, like, you're anti-ghost. I know this for a fact, which is fine. It doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense. We'll get, it doesn't well, let's make get into any. It. Okay, okay, I think like okay, 
So a ghost would exist if someone had like a horrible death, right? Like terrible. Like they're just unresolved shit. That's a theory. That's one reason. Why aren't there like 70 billion fucking ghosts? What do <laughs> there you, could be. What, do, what the fuck do you think China would be like? They would never get anything done. <laughs> think how many fucking people have lived and died there. There, well, there, there, there were thousands, hundreds of years of like warring states and fucking low intensity warfare. It, it would be impossible. But there's what? Like at max, absolute maximum, 40,000 ghosts. 40,000. It doesn't like I, I, I have my own theories. What are your own theories? OK, I think that, you know, when you have a dream that presages something or even yes. outright predicts an event, I think that. There are aspects to time that are, despite us, you know, our brains have to process all time as linear as a way for it to make sense to us, but that might not actually be how it is. There are certain things that are beyond our scientific ability to measure them, or maybe there's something even beyond that. But weird shit we see is just we don't have a means to describe it yet. That doesn't mean that everything is a certain scientific explanation, but just that seems to make more sense to me than ghosts. Like, just the numbers are so fucked up. You're like saying the the log line of Otherworld right now on accident. Like, that's exactly what I... I mean, I think so, too. I think, like, I'm not saying that a ghost is like a Casper, you know, floating around your house, like a conscious being moving and shaking through the world. It could be... I mean, honestly, personally, after a year of doing this unexpectedly... I definitely lean towards that as well in that maybe this is a, a a sensory issue more than anything where like we're being able to detect something momentarily that's there and then goes away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I listened, I listened to a few episodes like we still don't know why it's that right. Like when some, when it's time, if it's time out of sync, why is it so frequently like, you know, someone who died a fucking terrible death or like some something that has like personal resonance with us. Maybe that's just like the only frequency we can catch it on. And there's tons of like boring shit that we're just papering over. Like we experience like ghosts or time out of sync of like a guy going to the grocery store and forgetting his wallet, but it just, you know, it doesn't even register with us, but that, yeah, I think, I, I guess, yeah, we agree with it. We agree. On when this. I think, when I think of ghosts though, I just mainly think of how fucking boring it would be. And like, yeah. if that, like, if you think like ghosts are real, then like hauntings are just them entertaining themselves. It must be fucking interminable to be dead and then still hanging around Earth. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, you know, so that another, sounds horrible. you make it to 65 and then die in a car accident. You're like, oh, another billion years of this. Like, oh, yeah, it seems well, what awful. Do you, what do you do after like Earth is destroyed? <laughs> <laughs> like, like they, but that doesn't kill you, presumably. Like you, you can't jack off. You can't do anything. Well, oh, there, there is where you're wrong, my friend. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to a little concept called ectoplasm. Yeah, that is true. And I did, I did have an episode about a guy getting jerked off by something. Okay, can we can we talk about that episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gin yeah, episode because but, Jack. Yeah. Okay, so like going into it, I was like, uh, I, reading the description of the episode, it was like genie jacked me off, what? like a no, YouTube clip or whatever. Literally, and dude. like I like and Jack, I listened to it. I was like, this should be funny. It was blood curdling. It was no, fucking. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, what, <laughs> whether, like whether you believe in gins or not. And here's the interesting thing about this story is that like uh, the, the guy relating it to you is a man named Kareem. And he's like an Egyptian-American comedian of, of, of some note. Like he has, he has a certain profile. 
And I thought the really interesting thing about the Jin story as a sort of a stand-in for like all paranormal phenomenon is that he says like in 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 the mythos and like in his in Islamic culture about like how how jinns get you. It's like one of the most forbidden things. You can't talk about jinns. You can't read about them. You're not supposed to say it. You can't yeah. like show any interest in jinns because it's sort of like your interest in them is what opens the door for them to interfere in your life. Or like you invite them in with your you know, like the, it's this huge red button that says, do not push. Do not can, think of a gin. Can, can and I then just it says, say, if you're a kid, you just, how could you not? Can I just say that is the reason why there needs to be brotherhood between Muslims and Jews? Because, <laughs> like, who better? We know Jews know so much about devils, ghouls, ghosts, goblins, monsters. We could help out so much in this situation. 100%. Okay, wait. I will give the backstory to this because this is really funny. And I think this is like a good way to, I, th I think the Chapa listeners will appreciate this as well because like some of these, so I have a more diverse audience than I'm used to now because it's like sort of grown by word of mouth and I'll find out people's like grandmas listen to the show and like they're, they're just people that like don't get my sense of humor sometimes where I'm like putting something out there that's funny and scary at the same time. But this is one of those, right? Like this dude emails me you know, when I was taking submissions before the show even came out and the email said, I remember it by heart. I think it said, I got violently jerked off by a gin until my penis hurt. This is not a joke. <laughs> Signed Kareem. You know, I, I was like, all right, this is, a, you know, somebody that listens to yeah, but still or somebody on Twitter that is playing a prank on me. So instantly ignored it. Like, move on. Ha ha. OK, good. Good joke. Forget about it for months. And yeah, by the way, if you don't know, a gin is like a it's a malevolent spirit of the Arab world. Of, uh, of fireless smoke. And like the, yeah. the pop culture representation is the genie. It's like that's like the nice Disneyfied version of what is essentially a, a, a demon that is out to corrupt and enslave you in some way. And mind you, I've gotten submissions about this before. And like it's been I've gotten two where it'd be like a Muslim dude telling me he had experience with this thing. You're not even supposed to say the name, so I should stop saying it. But like <laughs> Both times, it's the only times where like people would back out, where I would like try to book them, and then they would say like, "I talked to my mom, and she says I'm not allowed to do like like men <laughs> saying like my grandma uh, won't the, let me do it." For the purposes of the show, let's just refer to the thing that shall not be named as, as the Jeannie, D word, oh, and, yeah. ju and just imagine that it's Robin Williams going, "Ha, huh? who, gonna jack you off now?" Almost. There are a few uh, provisos, a, a couple of quid pro quo. Okay, so I did not think like I just truly moved on with my life from that it must have been like months later i think the show had come out at that point and i was invited to a dinner that was like a bunch of media people it was like taylor lorenz was there the person who does like the, the guy from the planet money tiktok was at this dinner like a bunch of like new york media adjacent folks so right? a, a a demonic um soul conjuring style event well sure it depends on you know <laughs> who you are but i was at this dinner we were like eating enchiladas outside in Los Angeles. And um, I was late. I took the only available seat. You kind of know where this is going, but I sat next to this dude named Kareem and we hit it off, chatting about all sorts of stuff, like goofing around. And then literally we're like getting the check and he turns to me and he's like, hey, by the way, bro, you never responded to my email. And I like, it was so awkward. We're like sitting close to each other to the point where our shoulders are touching. And I was like, what email? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't think we like I didn't know that he knew me before this dinner at all. So it was like a double surprise. And then I was like, what email? He's like, I'm the one that got jerked off by the gin. 
And I'm like looking at him. I start laughing and he's like not laughing and he kind of like nervous laughs. And I'm like, wait, that was you? And he's like, yeah, I'm Kareem. I'm like, was that a joke? He's like, no. I'm like, what do you mean it wasn't a joke? Like, in what way? And he's like, kind. I mean, we're literally still at like a loud Mexican restaurant outside in a patio. And like, he's kind of telling me it. And he's like, look, like, let's talk later. And um, we basically linked back up. And then when he eventually told me the story, it was like not even remotely a joke. I thought I was going to yeah. do it. I thought I was going to do it. And it would be like a funny episode. But well, I mean, like, if anyone like, you know, listen to the episode with Kareem. And, you know, if, if, if he is pulling your leg, he's a very convincing actor because as comedic as the thought of being jerked off by Robin Williams in Aladdin is, the story he tells is basically like The Exorcist combined with sexual assault. Yeah. And I mean, look, I'm pretty good at sussing out people that are pulling my leg or whatever. And a lot of I put in a lot of legwork before and after these interviews, you know, so I, I could tell that he's like very sincere about this. You know, I could you could see a shift when he's talking about it, where he's like genuinely terrified. It's one. And, and also, I just kind of like I try to pick stories where the entire thing doesn't bank on it being or on a person believing in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, absolutely. I think and like because I don't even consume this content in my spare time because it's hard to believe. Right. Yeah. I mean, but a terrifying thing about Kareem's story that like touches on something that like, you know, is is recognized within like the broader medical scientific community is sleep paralysis. Yeah. And the terrifying thing about that and like I can think of one time in my life where I have experienced sleep paralysis in exactly the way that uh, Kareem describes of like being half awake, but like intensely aware of what I thought was like the figure of a sh- like a shadowy figure standing directly over the bed and being terrified and unable to move. And then as Kareem says, like as soon as you can move like your pinky, you're out of it. And it's that bizarre state of being half awake and half asleep but then like uh w- not being able to will yourself out of it and the you know the presence this is right after i watched the movie hereditary so i think that may have something to do with it one of the best but the terrifying thing is that like i mean like we have a name for it sleep paralysis but we have no fucking clue what it actually is dude what, that's like, like that's the number one theme that i've come across in doing this show like my my belief in the paranormal hasn't changed but what i've realized is like there are so many things that I just assumed we had figured out that it's just, no, we absolutely do not. Including like sleep paralysis was one where I used to not take submissions related to that. But after learning more and hearing more stories, I've kind of like just seen so much. Where I'm like, something's fucking going on. Like maybe this is something that is explainable, but some weird has, stuff has happened throughout it. And over, over time, there's been some interesting historical things. Like, I don't know, this is kind of a huge rabbit hole, but are you familiar with happened with um the Hmong refugees dying suddenly in the 80s, 70s and 80s. Oh, like yeah, that's what uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street is loosely based on. Yeah, so basically like these these refugees, they're kind of looped into the Vietnam War, um helping us out and as a result, you know, that war did not go in our favor, so they had to get out of there. And um I think a lot of them were able to flee to the United States, but you know, they were people living off the land, practicing their own very specific religious um practices, right, which were very hard to do in the United States. And most of these people joined churches to assimilate once they moved. And then all of a sudden, hundreds of them started dying in their sleep um, after immigrating here. And it's like they weren't having heart attacks. There were no signs of something killing them. There was no they, they had no idea what was going on. And they went around and started interviewing these people. They interviewed their loved ones, some people who survived that didn't die, but came close. And all of them were saying that they were killed by this entity called Dacho. I think it's, I think I'm pronouncing it right, but 
It's essentially what was that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's this entity that people see in sleep paralysis. Um, this like old woman, um, or like a demon. And as we started looking into this, me and Joshua Citarella, who is involved in the show now and helped me do some research, um, we started finding this in like so many cultures see the same thing. And it goes back so far. It's like, honestly, this is the actually the origin of the term nightmare refers to this phenomenon. It was one of those where that kind of turned into a head scratcher for me where I was like, okay, they still have not figured out why these guys died. They have absolutely no clue. They, they named it something. They named it sudden nocturnal death syndrome, sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. <laughs> oh, that's but, reassuring. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've got a name they, for it. <laughs> but they don't know why it happens and they're still trying yeah. to figure it out. And what I've realized is that like, Everybody assumes there's a smarter person out there that has it figured out, but it's not true. There's not not a smarter guy. There's like not there's not somebody. It's, there's not like this like mythical person that has it all explained, right? There's when you go and talk to people that are far into their field researching things like this. A lot of a lot of the times, this stuff is still a mystery in some way. It's I really mean, really unsettling. I kind of like this one um, because look, I don't like that people died, obviously, but I like where we're headed which is sort of like the cosmology of the Indiana Jones world where all the religions are true or the mummy. <laughs> oh my God. I, I recently rewatched Indiana Jones. The way food depicted is depicted in that movie is heinous. <laughs> you guys rewatched yeah, <laughs> it's, it's some pretty fucked up colors. I definitely thought that like Asian food was like monkey brains until I was probably 12 because of that movie. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they really, they really are like, yeah. Indian people eat, still living monkeys but uh <laughs> i mean it's um, a good movie but like i saw that the other day and i was like oh that i definitely thought that was literally true when i saw that movie as a kid <laughs> it's funny because it's like presumably like people had had indian food when that movie came out <laughs> yeah right <laughs> chicken curry had been a bit been a hit yeah. for a while <laughs> <laughs> but no, i mean i i really i really like the idea that everyone has something to offer here Jesus Christ, uh, the the Hmong ghosts, uh, the, like all of it. All no, of it. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And I like that is kind of part of what I run into on this is that like if you do if this stuff is real, like sincerely, then it is something big enough where the cultural separation would be pretty pointless. Right. It's like we're all observing the same thing and just have a different name for it. Um, oh, I think the opposite. I think that they're all like they're all competing. Oh, you you think it's all competing? Like they're yeah. all <laughs> well, like okay, like in in they in, have the whole universe, but they're they're instead competing over earthly territories. Well, or maybe they're not all competing. Maybe it's like the mafia. I mean, like you know, in uh, Exodus, they don't in the, in that part of the Bible, they don't say like, oh, like the the Hebrews worship God who's real, and the Egyptians were just like doing this stupid bullshit that's made up. Like they were, they, they say that like the Pharaoh had powerful magicians. And that the Pharaoh had a God, but just like Yahweh was way stronger. Like he beat the shit out of them. That reminds me of like that Tumblr post when the, the girls were trying to hex the Taliban. Do you remember that? And it was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't astral project and face Allah on your own. He's way too powerful. Well, no, yeah, that, that is like, that is like one of the humans on Dragon Ball Z trying to fight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing with the monotheistic face. God is is so big and universal that you can't, you can never make a deal with God, but yeah. like in, in, in smaller religions and smaller gods and like older religions that like, and never really go away. And like the tendrils of belief are still in our society. 
there's always the possibility that like there are perhaps lesser deities that you can make a deal with. And I think that like that's where the idea from a lot of these like the, the occult and hauntings is that there is uh, still some sort of power out there that can be accessed that's been like forgotten in some way. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. I really do. I like the idea. I mean, like out of all the major religions, I do like that Hinduism, that there's like a fucking bureaucracy of gods. <laughs> True. Is that your favorite? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Who are you rocking with? Um, okay. Judaism. I mean, that's my home team. I'm not going against them. Islam, always pulling for them. Uh, Christianity has been showing me some things. I do like some of the stuff <laughs> we've seen out of Hinduism. I really, I like the sport, really. Like, I've established You're there. I think, it's all, the You're there I think the it's all real. Like, we've established that. Like, I believe in all of it. That's not a question. Well, I'm just, you know, I got my home I mean, team. I mean, like, like, like the thing with, uh, like the thing with the the D word, right? It is Kareem's interest in something illicit that opens the door, like it, that. That's what like opens up the receptors in your imagination to like uh, allow belief to become real. And I think like the interesting thing is that like anything is real if you have a mind to believe it. Which is why I'm not afraid of ghosts or being uh, haunted or terrorized by them because I don't believe in them. Sure. Um, like that's, you know, probably why I'm going to die of lung cancer because I live in a materialistic world where like that's what's going to kill me. You know, if I stop, if you just stop believing in cancer, you can cure yourself. No, no that but, is uh, kind of a theme. That is definitely a theme. But then again, there's a lot of people who I mean, a lot of people I end up talking to are ones that were just kind of coasting through their life and then something fucking insane happened to them. You know, those are my favorite where it's like somebody that was not asking for it. It's just like one day something completely <laughs> okay, bonkers yeah. happened and then it's like changed their life. The story about the guy who uh, uh, just saw like a straight up ghost in the basement of Connecticut College. Like, that was insane. Dorm. That one was insane. Yeah, and it yeah. was like dripping water everywhere. And then like, that, and then they just shut that dorm down. They're like, nothing to see dude, here. That was crazy. And like, when I talked to, dude, like, I mean, look, we all know, we all know there's a lot of liars out there. Like F Felix, Famously, you talk about liar guys. We're all familiar with this. I know there's many ways to tell when somebody's lying. Like the opposite is true with stories like this. When I hear like little details from a person that are so strange and like specific and stick with me that like a liar would not insert them into a story with this yeah. guy that you're talking about, Tony Collette. He said that the girl had bangs like Tony Collette. <laughs> that, I mean, that does seem very true to life. That is, well, it was like, that is, dude, that is kind of too specific. Actually, no, I was, yeah, I was like, this is, I, I was like, it, it was in the midst of a terrifying story about this guy seeing a an apparition of a girl that was like basically being like choked and like raised toward the ceiling, like she hung didn't, like her face to the ceiling, but like her feet, like feet, feet, you know, her feet. Was, she like, was levitating. Off the ground. Like he would have, yeah. he would have assumed that it was a real girl, except for the fact that like she was floating in the air and she was wearing clothes that seemed kind of from the eighties. And then he described her hair in detail to me as like Tony Collette's bangs from like a specific movie. And I was like, <laughs> maybe he that, watched hereditary. That one, like that weirdly like shook me a little bit because I'm like, dude, that's so <laughs> like if you were making this up, you would not bring up Tony Collette. Like that's like I had to like Google what he was talking about to even see what he was referencing. But yeah, that story it, like really stuck with me where I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that other than he's lying. Right. But I, I genuinely don't think he is. I mean, if he's a liar, he's fucking insane at it. Yeah. People usually aren't good. Yeah. Well, okay, no, there's people people are good liars, but for this, you would also have to be a really good storyteller. Right. So it's they're rarely both. And if they are, you would think that that person would be using those skills to 
like fucking take over the world instead of just get on a paranormal podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. If you were that good, yeah, you like, get an Oscar. You, why don't you? Jesus. When people lie, when people lie, they usually um aren't good at the creative side of it. Like, it's not actually a great story. And then they'll usually go off the rails. Like when they see you backing away, they'll have to like up the ante a little bit, you know, to keep you hooked in. Um, there's a lot of ways to tell when somebody's lying, but I mean, it's really not something that I encounter too much in the show because I, I have like kind of a lengthy vetting process with these stories. Another thing I want to talk about is like moving from moving from like the, the spiritual side of the paranormal to like, I guess, the more science fiction. It's, it seems like uh, like UFOs are like are bigger than ever. And it, the weird thing to me is that like as as the existence of UFOs appears to be confirmed by a number of world governments, the astonishing thing to me is how little anyone gives a shit about it. No, for sure. Including and it's me. just like, it, like as they're just saying UFOs are real. And like the thing is, out of all paranormal beliefs, UFOs as a, you know, as kind of a materialist myself, those are the ones that I, I, I'm the least skeptical of because I'm like, well, you know, like this doesn't involve like life after death or gods or Satan or anything magical, you know, like anything outside the realm of uh, scientific possibility. But like the shit they're coming out with, I'm just like, no, get the, I don't believe this shit. And it's just like you, 20 years ago, if you had said that the U.S. government would just basically hold hearings where they're like, yeah, UFOs are real. I would have blown my mind. But they did. And nobody gives a shit because it's either because people are feeling like, yeah, we already knew that they're real. Or that they're just like, why are you telling us this bullshit? It's obviously made up. Uh, the, the U.S. government holding UFO hearings is like, I mean, that is like when your church is like, we have a rap group. Well, exactly. Well, have you guys talked about this in the show yet? I wondered. Yeah, a little you, bit. Okay. I, when that was happening, I was curious, like, why I wasn't even interested. You know, I was kind of yeah, struggling yeah. myself where I was like, I'm a host of a paranormal show, yet this is not compelling to me. Why is that? I think like... For me, that guy, and look, you guys, I really don't want to piss off the UFO community or whatever, but just as a citizen, everything he was saying was very much giving my girlfriend goes to another school, you wouldn't know her. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where it was like, he was there to whistle blow, but he wasn't blowing the whistle. It's like, dude, you got to blow the whistle. Like, let's go. He was all like, well, you know, I've seen these documents, but I could tell you it. I could tell you it off, off pod AOC. Like that... He, I think there yeah, was a part where yeah. AOC asked him some direct questions and he was like, look, we could talk privately. I'm like, bro. He would, yeah, yeah. He was sounding like, like you just want to talk to AOC right now. Like he was like, he was like the whistleblower in a Brett Ratner movie. Yeah. And like, I guess like the other part was I've been getting a lot of, I've gotten a lot of UFO slash like alien related stories. Some that haven't come out yet, but um, I've, I've noticed patterns, unexpected patterns um that point to certain things and it just kind of doesn't line up with what that guy was saying and sort of like the conventional belief in ufos i guess like i'm not the idea of us having like these crafts that were reverse engineering i'm not sure it, it could it could be the case but i haven't i haven't really gotten any submissions myself of people with firsthand experience of any of that you know maybe it is like i don't know but either way that guy there's just something about it that i i was suspicious of and you could kind of go down the rabbit hole of like disinformation and stuff like that with the UFO world that gets really confusing. Well, yeah, I guess because like because like there is a certain um, official narrative and if there's an official narrative and an official counter narrative to UFOs that makes it that like robs it a little bit of some of its mystery or interest. Whereas something like 
the existence of gnomes, like no one in the U.S. government is following up on that or like denying the existence of gnomes. So then when you had those Roman psychics on the show to talk about their gnome encounters, like I was like, this is this is a new layer. Like that is something I'm, I'm not seeing on the news that I would like to know more about. Well, bro, I mean, have you looked into why there's tiny doors in the White House? (laughs) <laughs> do you, do you know about this? What? You don't know yeah, about the no, tiny I doors don't. in the White House? Google tiny no. doors in the White House. What? To let in the gnomes? Might be. You don't know. Well, okay, I mean, so- in, in the in the in the in the lore related by your two guests, like a, a key part of like the gnome is that like very similar to like the leprechaun or other sort of uh, I don't know like dwarf like figures that grant you uh, they they will give you like a boon. They come to you in your dream and ask you what you want, and then they give it to you. And then they keep giving things to you until they ask for something in return, which is either like your child or your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like, dude, that was a, I loved those episodes. These ended up being very divisive for the audience. Like I personally liked it. The reason I did that story is I got an email from a guy named Sean Johns, which like I was laughing at right away. (laughs) Sean Johns, like, you know, the clothing line. Um, And then when I read the email, it was, it was about like something he experienced, but in the email, he said that he was Romani. And I was super interested in that. I'm like, I've never really met a Romani person, but they have a really interesting culture. And they're also like their beliefs are intertwined with the paranormal in so many ways. Right. So I was like, I should talk to these people um, and see what's up. They tell me their story. We're like four hours into the Zoom call and like kind of winding down and chit chatting because they're both psychics. They have like a psychic shop in Chicago. And it was sort of getting to the place where it's like, oh, you wouldn't believe the shit that we have to deal with, like these people to come in. And I was like, what kind of shit? And they're like, uh, gnomes for one and i'm like wait what gnomes like like i was baffled i was like what do you mean like real gnomes like i like a lawn gnome right like i didn't know that it was even i didn't even know there was a thing related to gnomes i was baffled like i thought it was a i thought there was an invention of like decor right but yeah they they explained to me basically that people come in having worshipped obscure gods gnomes being one of them they like start worshiping something strange um and like making bargains with certain things. And then eventually it turns south and they come into the shop looking for somebody that can help them get out of the situation. And it's happened like multiple times with gnomes. And that's when I was like, okay, like I need to talk to, (laughs) I need to talk more to you guys about this and like hear about the gnomes. So I ended up like doing a second interview with them and it was fucking crazy. I mean, I put it out there as something that I thought people would find funny, which it definitely is like, this guy's name is Sean Johns, and he has like one of the most baffling accents I've ever heard in my life. It like, yeah. makes no sense. It's <laughs> yeah, completely dis- defies. I mean, once again, like his story was kind of funny, but it was also pretty terrifying too. Like when he talked about like a Dude. this like tiny white figure looking at him from his microwave. <laughs> like, yeah, while well, he's like really playing Xbox. No, hundred yeah, percent. No. And he was playing Call of Duty for eight hours a day, and then he looks on his under his couch, and like just like coming out under his couch is a gnome. With like pin yeah. like legs or something. Yes. So I these are some of the only people that I ended up interviewing in person because I was like in Chicago staying at my mom's apartment and like I don't know what compelled me to do it, but I I was like, you guys should just come over. I want to hear about the gnomes in person. And it was weird. It was definitely weirder hearing it from somebody like face to face. But what they basically explained is like, look, gnomes may not be real, but if somebody's like willing to worship and like offer things like something's going to pick up on the other end. You know, if you're like putting the call out there, 
it's like a Craigslist personal ad or something. Like somebody's gonna fucking reply if you like. <laughs> Someone will take your. Couch. It might not be like they're gonna. Something's willing to pretend to be the gnome. You know I what like, I'm saying? I, like, I really like that because it's like you know when your mom or your dad uh, tells you to get a job by showing up at any place of business, <laughs> yeah, and just start yes. sweeping up to show them you're a hard worker. Like just tell any entity you'll make a sacrifice, and one's gonna show up for you. Yeah. So that was a really funny one for me. I think like it was so whimsical that I think some people, I don't know. I think some people like didn't understand that I was aware that these people were strange. Right. Like, but it was, uh, those are some of my favorite episodes also just cause like the gnome thing, it's like, you're like laughing, but you're also a little scared. Right. And it did also connect things to me where they're explaining some stuff where, you know, people do some strange things. You know, if you, if you worship, if you put those intentions out there, something might be willing to answer and receive, but it, it's not going to be what you want, you know? Well, well like, do, um, do the gnomes have like a boss? I don't know. Or are they like free agents? Well, well, according to them, like it, it's not actually a gnome. Like the gnome is the vessel that you're worshiping, but like something else is receiving, you know? And they, like these people are telling me with like a straight face that they've have family members that worship gnomes and that they've had to help people. They've know people who have died supposedly in the process of this. You mentioned like the the Romani culture, and I think that's interesting because like it is such a discreet culture, and it's one you know that's like experienced a great deal of you know oppression and violence and ostracism. And I think the thing is like beliefs reflect the circumstances of the people, and it's just like if you're if you live in like desperate conditions or in a very insular like you're people are always like you're going to be reaching out to something, you're going to be reaching out to something on the other side to like uh, to for a power that you don't have in your otherwise day to day life. Yeah, I mean this is like. That was another funny aspect of like getting to know these people, especially Sean John's like he's very much like, dude, the Romani people have they're very insular and just hearing little updates of his life. Even the non paranormal aspects were very funny. Like I remember him calling me one time and he was like on the way to the casino to help his friend get a divorce. And he's like, oh, yeah, like like we don't use the courts for divorce. Like we'll just gather a bunch of men somewhere and like sort it out. So they're going to meet at like a casino, I think, on the south side of Chicago. Wait, okay. like, do this. You said so we don't like, use courts for divorce. So what are the, I, I thought they were going to like use a roulette wheel. It's just like bet it all I don't on know. black. I, I don't know. This was like, and then also this guy had like 11 cars in his driveway. And <laughs> do, you, do, do, do you like, do you get a cut from divorces if you're like part of the group of men that helps work it out? No, I think, I mean, I think they would just help you later on. I think it was a divorce. I th- yeah, it was that or like a custody thing. He was explaining that, like, yeah, we don't we're not we don't use the court systems. We just like work it out amongst ourselves. So it's like him and all his cousins had to gather to like help his friend divorce his wife or something like that. But I was getting these weird updates from him through the process of this that were hilarious. Um, But yeah, that was a super weird one. But um, the gnomes like the gnomes people, dude, people really resonated with the gnomes. It kind of freaked me out, too, to be honest with you. Well, uh, m- moving on from uh, areas of the paranormal that, like, while I perhaps am skeptical of, I nonetheless find very cool and interesting, like, you know, demons, aliens, gnomes, uh, to the area that I must confess I have the uh, least amount of respect for or interest in. Sorry to anyone who's into this, but cryptids. Big, really? Big people, Sasquatch okay. people. I mean, w- once again, it's like, there are like six rhinos left in the world. Like by now we would have fucking shot and killed the Bigfoot. See, this is something that I mean, well, I have my own 
beliefs on this stuff, but this is something like one of my favorite things, right? Um, I also sort of lean to perception with this. Like that's kind of my unifying theory with a lot of things. I think that like there could be some, I'm, I'm kind of lean towards like inter, interdimensional Bigfoot is like what a lot of people believe in. Are you familiar with this? <laughs> No, I'm not familiar no, with that, but you know, it would, that it would, it would be explain like this, the, it, rather the paucity of video footage. Yeah, it would be that it's like this this being that lives like on another plane of existence, essentially, and that occasionally we're able to perceive it. Or some people believe that Bigfoot is an alien. <laughs> I know I, you guys laugh. I mean, but once you once um, you go I, deep enough in this, it's like not. <laughs> I mean, I'm aware of how insert. Like, have you have you interviewed people who have cryptid or Bigfoot stories? Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, I had like, I talked to these guys who had some pretty strange ones. The weird thing was like, it only was a little bit related to actually seeing Bigfoot. The The strange pattern that I know have noticed with these stories is that it also comes with experiencing like telepathic messages, essentially, or like information like coming into you from an unknown source. Um, and I've also noticed that with like UFO sightings as well. That seems to be something that's like not publicly talked about as much but um in in my case this happened with these two guys it was essentially like one dude during covid you know got laid off from his bartending job as everybody did when the world shut down and he was getting like really bored and like cooped up and um so he decided to just go into the woods uh uari's forest i think it was in one of the carolinas i think sorry it's been a while so he just goes in there with like kind of no plan I relate to it in a way. I remember living back then during COVID years, like I just need to fucking go out of my house. So he goes in there and like starts to set up camp and immediately is like being told things in his head. And he's like, what the fuck is happening right now? He's like receiving these messages and starts to see things. Like what kind of messages are these? Are these positive messages or uh, intimidating, uh, frightening ones? I He was bombarded with like a ton of information and um, a lot of information about the universe. And I think I, I, but like you could go listen to the episode. I forget exactly what he was being told, but like then eventually he hears like this whoop that like he could feel like vibrating in his core, like this monkey whoop in the forest. And he gets so scared that he just goes and lays down in his tent. And essentially he was like terrified or surrounded by something the entire night. He laid there on the ground the entire night while these things like surrounded his tent. And also he was like receiving these like strange messages in his brain. I don't know. It's like, then eventually he saw like some lights um, and and I, I was hearing this and I was like, OK, this guy, I think he had like a mental breakdown in the woods, probably, you know. But then at the end of his story, I was he told me that he went back and brought his roommates and then they all saw something which was like very unexpected. And then I ended up interviewing them and like, sure enough, they backed it up and they told me the same thing. They're like, we thought he was going insane, too. But then we went and we all saw it. So I don't know. It's like one of those where I, I, I went into it thinking I'm like, I think this guy had a psychotic break, but then people went and saw it too. I don't know. <laughs> a really, really weird one. I still don't know what to make of it. Well, I mean, you mentioned uh, like COVID and just like the sort of pressure cooker of being inside your own head. Like you connect that with like the larger, as it's described, vibe shift. And like we're living in, in times in which people are increasingly feel haunted or feel, uh, you know, like um, em embracing of alternative beliefs or that they like, it seems like there's a real need for people to want to to break out of everyday reality. And like what do you like what do you attribute that to especially among young people? Oh for sure. I mean, dude, well, I think like we all lived through the great like Reddit atheism period, 
you know, which yeah. is like, I don't know when that started and ended, but like me coming into an adulthood and probably for you guys as well, it was like Bill Maher, Reddit, atheism, like, oh yeah, religion's cringe. Believing in anything is cringe. Like you don't want to do that. I fucking love science. Like that type of thing, right? Like this fate, ultimately what involves like faith in institutions instead. Um, right. And I think like that just basically became impossible to have anymore at a certain point when we've witnessed like the fall of so many institutions of all kinds. Like you said, like to have a belief in many of the institutions that like undergird reality and, and mediate our experience of it is basically at this point no different than believing in aliens or Bigfoot, right? No, 100%. Yeah. I mean, well, and then COVID was probably the big breaking point of that. Trump and Trump, COVID, Epstein. Maybe you guys can think of a few other examples, but like where it's just like with these, Epstein, like, it's these, like a conspiracy series, like in, true, in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like like all of those events you're describing and like throw into that, like in the lead up to it, probably like the Iraq war and 9-11 and the economic crash before it. It's like these 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 reality shattering moments where like consensual negotiated reality completely breaks down and like has you all like the, like the sources of official information. And everyone experiences it at the same time and like everyone, but everyone metabolizes it differently and has a different language to describe the feeling of living in like the breakdown of a, a consensus reality. A hundred percent. And honestly, like I think your show has done a really good job. And for me as a listener through the years has done a really good job of like exposing how really everybody, no matter where they are at the top, running the country, uh, reporting the news, like pretty much everybody's capable of being a complete idiot that has no idea what they're doing and just kind of bumbling, grasping in the dark, you know? And, and, re and ready to believe in any horseshit that someone tells them. Sure. Or like creating horseshit of their own, right? Yeah. Um, or like the people that you count on to tell you what is real and isn't often don't know what they're talking about or at least like have behaved in a way that make it impossible for them to be trusted anymore, right? And then I think like going through COVID and like that really, really wild time, I guess, it, it sort of like opened up so many possibilities. And I think for me and why I think this stuff is resonating with people is like we all lived through that time period where there was just really nothing. Like there was absolutely nothing. It was like constant depression um, where you just truly like nothing was going to happen. When you you're like you yeah. you woke up like that's what depression is to me like the the idea that nothing good is ever going to happen again to you and that was literally true for a while like in COVID we were like yeah there's not like nothing is going to happen today <laughs> like that was our reality for a while and nobody knew what was going on it was an, it was an insane time to live and I think that really shifted things and I think the reason why this stuff and my show is resonating with people is that it's good to be able to believe in something, even if it's just believing that maybe there's more than what we currently know to be true. Maybe there's more out there, right? Because I personally think it's depressing to not uh, to not think that, you know, well, even I mean, the like, possibility you, of it. You talked about like, uh, yeah, like a uh, coming of age, like as a millennial, like in the Bush era and like post 9-11 and that, yeah, like the the surge in interest in atheism and like a pure and like seeing a, a faith-based view of the world is like inherently dangerous and evil. And, you know, like, I mean, there's no, no, no shortage of evidence to support that idea. But at the same time, I, I think what like I in, in my days of like most acutely feeling like, yeah, like atheism, like I'm a hundred percent atheist. Whereas like now I feel like my attitude is 
I'll believe it when I see it, but I'm willing to be surprised, basically. And I, and I think what, what changed is just getting older and coming out of youth when you feel invincible and like nothing bad is ever going to happen to you or nothing out of your control or just like a world was more legible. And I think like it just the process of getting older is realizing that like whether in a literal or metaphorical sense, there is always something that's going to happen that is outside of your control or outside of your even understanding. And it's going like and like and that you are not going to be prepared to deal with or just like to, to understand or process through purely material ways. A hundred percent. And there's honestly like this cocky ignorance that comes with like having not gone through something paranormal or otherwise. Right. Like because I think, you know, not everybody, but I think a lot of people end up going through something that's just completely outside of the bounds of what you were prepared for in life. It could be like a tragedy or it could be something shocking like paranormal but like when you when you go through something like that it is this really disorienting thing that it does sort of feel like you stepped into this like alternate world yeah where like nobody could relate to you um and it's like there's you no know, fucking book to like tell you how to get through it um and yeah, then and, and hopefully one day you get out you get out of it and it is like this alternate existence right like i think what <laughs> you could tell if you've gone through something like that you can recognize people who haven't and they sound really stupid and like they have everything figured out and they know everything. And it's like, it's annoying, but it's also like, you know what? Good for them. Like, enjoy it. Right. Enjoy that. Yeah. Like if, if you feel if you feel like a, like the warmth of a campfire uh, reading Sam Harris, then like just just wait a bit. Just wait a few yeah, days. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Um, I think that's yeah. And and people who can just blindly trust institutions like that's. I guess good for you, right? I mean, like, I encounter that a lot with... Yeah, wait, <laughs> wait until you need to use your health insurance. Then tell me how much you trust institutions. Even with ghosts, dude, like, I think, yeah. like, a lot of the conventional explanations that people throw around are just some shit that was, like, on a popular science article in, like, 1998 that have been regurgitated forever and never verified. Like, I hear all the time, like, oh, well, the main ones are, like, carbon monoxide, black mold, um, infrasounds, right? None of these have been completely verified, Carbon monoxide does some crazy shit to you, but it does not explain everything, right? Like, it wouldn't explain, like, a glass exploding and flying across the room when there's glass there in the next... Like, you know, there's some things that just aren't explained by that. And, like, infrasound gets mentioned a lot. People confidently write off all of this stuff with these these things that just aren't really backed up. Like, to me, it's like, okay, like, let's replicate it. If, that's, well, yeah, if, like if infrasound causes ghosts, like, play me a sound that makes me see a ghost, dude. Like... Let's go start a business based on this because that sounds pretty dope, actually. We could probably make well, a lot of money. It's like the um, sudden death sleep paralysis syndrome. It's like if you can give something a name that describes what's happening but doesn't explain it. No, for it's sure. Like, oh, oh, it's just, oh, I, I see. It's, it's just infrasound. I was worried a second ago. Yeah. I mean, people do that with me. Like, I'll, I'll, the only thing that frustrates me with um, my show is when people will, like, very, it's usually a guy. They'll, like, very confidently leave a comment, be like, oh, it was just their subconscious manifesting their fears. It's like, bro, that doesn't well, mean yeah, that's anything. Terrifying. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Wait, we don't our know what that is. can manifest our fears. No, yeah, no, thank like, you. And then, and then the also fuck? people and people have died. Like people have died because of that. Like, oh, it's just their subconscious. Okay, that's even worse. That you're so you're saying your brain can just kill you because you think yeah. something. Yeah, like, what's the horrifying. evolutionary benefit of that? Why would that? Why would we have evolved to be able to do that? That doesn't make any sense. Also, like, we don't even know what consciousness is yet. We're still trying to figure that out. What's the subconscious? Like, those are just words. It doesn't mean anything, you know? So 
like I really I'm like not a full believer, but I'm I've just become like more open minded, I guess. You know, I've realized that like there's so much shit we don't know yet. <laughs> it's like it's exciting, but a little scary. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, sorry for screaming. No, no. Well, to, well, to close out today's episode, I would I would like to talk about someone. Uh, I have a reading series from a man who whose mind is wide open, and I'm referring, of course, to John Cass. It's another John Cass reading series. Uh, is this a Chicago guy? Yeah, he is Chicago's own John Cass for for oh you. Oh my and god! Felix. Hell yeah! Um, so like uh, th- th- this is a, this is a, an article pa- like uh, selected to pair with uh, Other World, and this is uh, John Cass on Slenderman. Headline great. <laughs> our, our fragile culture and this is from 2014 so this is a this he tried, is a to, warn, he tried to warn everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is john cass a slender man himself uh, i would uh, say no, the opposite certainly not okay. certainly not <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe that's why he has beef he's with more of a man. slimer a slimer style apparition <laughs> okay okay so the article begins what kind of culture produced those two 12 year old wisconsin girls charged with stabbing a classmate 19 times our culture. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like already. That's a strong opener. <laughs> it's just, like it's I just, I, I just love like the boring in-house conservative style. It's yeah. like, like, what do you think the answer to that question is? I don't know a good one. <laughs> wow, really? Fucking taking a stance here, John. Yeah. The twelve-year-olds were charged as adults. Police say they wanted to kill their classmates so they could cement a pact with an evil fictional character that lives only on the internet. We don't know. For, we won't. We won't know for some time what really drove the girls to grab that knife and hold their friend down and stab her. If indeed that's what's happened, but we do know about the culture they live in. It is a culture that has fallen in love with magic and fantasy. It is a culture that takes fantasy symbols of evil, the vampire, the witch, and transforms them into heroes of great virtue. It is a culture where dark magic is celebrated, but religion is considered bothersome. We reap what we sow. So, I mean, I mean, I think Cass is right to a certain degree. I think people have become more fascinated with, you know, is that his whole article? Witches. No, 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 no. He's going on here. He says, I was going to say, any of you get, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'd be really lazy. He goes, uh, before any of you get riled up thinking I'm about to burn the Brothers Grimm or Russian fairy tales, don't worry, I won't. Oh, they thank were God. Valuable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, was, I was up all week worrying that John Cass was going to rip apart Russian fairy tales. I didn't sleep. <laughs> they were valuable to me. They remain so. But such literature is historical, written back when evil sought your soul. Now evil wants to be your friend, marry you, and hang out on Twilight. How is that like? Like, isn't evil always like enticing? I thought evil isn't, was like, always a deal true. with yeah. the devil. Always a thing. Yeah, it was way more evil back then. By the way, too, for sure. <laughs> He's such but a like, fucking I'm... idiot. <laughs> but are you gonna? It's the way he describes it. Now evil wants to be your friend, marry you, and hang out on Twilight. On Twilight, like, what does that mean? Yeah, what is it? Uh, does he, I think on Twilight is it like? Does he, he, does think, he think that's like a, a TV social media? Or something? Yeah, like, he thinks Twilight is like Discord. Twilight, yeah. Twilight <laughs> is the club where the vampires and werewolves go to. <laughs> it's the monster yeah. mash place. Yeah. yeah, those monsters sucked and they fucked. They did the fuck. They're trying to get kids in there now. They're taking fake <laughs> IDs. And he goes, um, all living things take on the characteristics of their environment. Plants soak up nutrients or poisons, as do animals. Young humans, too. Uh, it says both suspects had a fascination in a fictitious character that often posted on to a website that is a collection of small stories about death and horror, said the Waukesha's police chief, Russell Jack. And then came the boilerplate parental warning. 
unmonitored and unrestricted access to the internet by children is a growing and alarming problem, Jack continued. Parents are strongly encouraged to restrict and monitor their children's internet usage. Slenderman, of course, is evil, but then so were vampires once. Once Dracula would take our immortal souls. These days, souls aren't discussed much, perhaps because the mention of souls will offend somebody. Did Dracula really want to take your... I guess he wanted to be immortal with his his bride, his love. I suppose that's sort of... By the way, that's one thing that I've never gotten an email about is anything related to vampires. Interesting. Not even close. Or werewolf. Well, yeah, <laughs> like vampires, far-fetched. A lot needs to happen for a vampire to happen. I do. Like, I have kind of joked to myself, though, about, like, going off the rails and ruining my own show by, like, starting to do stories about, like, a skeleton or a pumpkin. <laughs> uh, he says here um, so now vampires get married in an outdoor ceremony or at least the movie clip I saw of Twilight informed me as much the vampire groom wore a tuxedo the bride wore white the minister began with ladies and gentlemen we are gathered here on this glorious day and later when the groom kissed his bride and all the people clapped you could see the hint of his fangs between Twilight and Bram Stoker, there was TV's Dark Shadows, where Barnabas Collins was humanized, virtuous vampire. He's just going through TV shows he's seen now. And it sounds like a Twilight. drunken, like it sounds like if you recorded one of my uncles, like blackout drunk, saying nonsense, and then put it into chat GPT and been like, write this better. That's what his articles sound like. I mean, like, yeah, he's, he's just very concerned that uh, vampires, the kids, kids seem to think vampires are cool now because they get married and have fun with each other. They did that before, didn't? Yeah, I mean, the like Bride of Dracula, little, dude. He was yeah, married multiple times. I thought he was all he wanted was a wife. One hundred percent. Going on, he says Steinbeck writes about the great knight Lancelot uh, imprisoned. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Um, on hot summer days when we were children, my brothers and I and I and our friends would go to the cool basement with an old tape recorder. We would each adopt a character and make audio theater. Yes, it was nerdy stuff, but fun. Years later, I found in an unfinished novel by John Steinbeck, The Acts of King Arthur and His Noble Knights, it contains a brilliant section on the costs of fantasy, and I thought about it as soon as I heard about these Wisconsin girls. Uh, he then just quotes John Steinbeck for about three paragraphs to round out his column. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes the weekend is calling. I don't even know <laughs> what point is he trying to make? I actually, I, like, I, I, I was kind of listening to try to make a critique of it, but I don't know what he's saying. Uh, yeah, I'll allow John like Steinbeck to make the point for him. Yeah, I mean, not like, be don't do his job for him. He's not doing <laughs> that. Uh, not being wise enough or kind enough, the magic manufactured world does not function, and many are injured, and many are killed by its ill design, Steinbeck writes. And then rage comes to the child as destructive rage and vindictive hate. There lies the fear for wizards and witches and children living in a world they made without the leavening of pity or the mathematics of organization. And what could be more frightening than a child with total power? Nothing. But that's what they appear to be, those girls in Waukesha accused of holding their friend down amongst the trees, seeking approval from the Slender Man on the internet and taking out the knife. They're not wizards. They're not witches. They're just 12-year-old girls. What could be more frightening? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> cool, man. Thank you. Uh, this has a very so yeah, John beer Karras number not- beer number ten <laughs> kind of vibe to that writing, you know. Yeah, John Cass not a fan of the paranormal. Oh, just like sometimes there's more like a flair to Cass's work. There's like a personal story or something, but then other times you can really tell that he just really wants to watch Yellowstone. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is so funny. Um, guys, this was so fun, Frank. Thank you for having me on. Our pleasure. Thank you for thank you for coming on. Uh, Jack Wagner. The show is Otherworld. Uh, check it out if you want to get a little bit spooked and a little bit have your mind opened up, and uh, and also reach out to Jack if you have experienced anything weird yourself. One hundred percent. Stories at otherworldpod.com. Send in your story. All right, gang. Uh, Till next time. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Sweet. Sweet.